0: story is a powerful thing. It's a story that brings meaning into our lives in ways that could never be accomplished by text, or bullet points, or lists, or codes, or formulas. Now, Jesus knew this peculiarity about us, and he was the master storyteller. He understood the power of narrative in our lives, and he used that power to its fullest. Each person who walked through the doors of this building this morning and assembled together has a story, especially when it comes to our faith. Some call such stories testimonies. Each of our stories is different and each carries its own unique significance and power. Each story reflects a journey, a road traveled, experiences that shape who we are. Some are at the very beginning of their journey and they're excited about the possibilities that lie ahead. Some turn around and they look back at a long, winding path. Others are deeply engaged in writing the story that is their journey. Now, there are many who walk about aimlessly, questioning the purpose of it all and not knowing where to look, they never find their answer. To quote Walt Whitman, O me, O life, of the questions of these recurring, of the endless trains of the faithless, of cities filled with the foolish, what good amid these, O me, O life? Answer, that you are here, that life exists, and identity that the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. That the powerful play goes on and you may contribute a verse. And in this famous poem, you are left with an unwritten question that Whitman didn't ask, but that is inferred. That unasked question, of course, is, what will your verse be? For so many, the answer is hollow and empty devoid of purpose, indeed a verse that will never be read, that will never be remembered. But there are those who are on a journey filled with purpose, and their verse, their story, their testimony is etched in eternal narrative written by only one author. The Hebrew writer in chapter 12 speaks of a great cloud of witnesses, The Bible is filled with testimonies about those who saw, who heard, who touched, who witnessed, who experienced. The marvelous thing is that the final period has not been written in God's story. His story has not concluded. His story continues to be written in the lives of each and every single one of us. It is something we cannot help but do to bear witness with each other, to tell the world the story that is being written in our lives and the impact that it has on us. This morning, we're going to hear from several more of our young people in whose lives God is writing a narrative. They each have testimonies to share with you, and as they do so, I encourage each of you to consider the narrative that God is writing in your story. And I'll now turn it over to Lauren and our young people.
1: Thank you, Chase. Um, I do not claim to have a Scottish accent, nor 5,000 Twitter followers, but um, I am honored to be here with you today, and, and Evan as well. This is Evan's second Sunday, so big, big moment for him. Yeah. yeah. Good morning. <laughs> um, we are so excited. We've been really looking forward to this, and we've been dreaming about what this Sunday looks like. And as we talked about it, we decided, why not just teach the rest of the ter- church what we've been learning, Um, as students in our class after church, we've been doing a series called Seven Spiritual Connections. And it's been really fun. We've brought in Mike Webb and Gary Schrader to speak on one of the seven things that they really connect to the Lord in. But then we realized, this is cool that we're hearing from these people, but the students have a connection that they relate to with the Lord as well. Let's hear from them. And so we opened it up to the students and said, Okay, it's your turn, which of these seven is the best way that you connect with the Lord? And as they came forward, um, they had incredible things to say and some of them have already taught our class and we are in the middle of the series, we still have two more weeks to go. But this morning we have seven of our students that say, this is the way I connect with the Lord, whether it be through relationship, silence, nature, service, learning, action, and worship. You're gonna hear from seven students today. Um, We are so excited, and um, I'm excited to hear from them. I've already learned a lot from them, um, but I'm excited for you to learn as well.
2: Yeah, I think just as we were talking about the different spiritual connections and we were talking to the students personally, we understood that we learn just as much from people younger than us as we do from people older than us, as we do as people that are our same age. And it's really awesome to be able to make those connections and make those relationships in a church family and really get to open up those possibilities for the way that Christ works through his body and works through his kingdom as a church. And so, we have Ethan here today to talk about the relationships in his life that have really influenced him and the ways that God has really been able to connect him or connect to him through relationship. And so, Ethan, we just want to ask you as a first question, why is relationships the way that you feel like you connect with God the most?
3: Well, other, when I'm around other believers, I feel sharpened, as uh, Proverbs 27 says. But, um, And I I guess it it brings me closer to God, you know, being sharpened. And I guess that's what that means. When you're sharpened by other believers, you're being brought closer to God. And uh, I just, I really appreciate the accountability that you have to have with, uh, you know, they have your back, but more importantly, you have their back in any sort of, you know, symbiotic relationship. And it's just something that I really value. And it brings me closer to God when I'm sharpened.
1: Absolutely. Um, What are some ways that you live out, if relationships is the best way that you connect with the Lord, what are some of the ways that you live that out to grow closer to Him?
3: Um, well, the youth group is a great outlet for that kind of thing. Um, I really I really appreciate whenever, like, if there's a new kid that comes into the youth group, um, there will be at least five or six people almost waiting in line to meet them. And that's something that you guys have stressed, you know, while you've been here, just making sure and really cater to those people and really make sure they feel welcome. And it's really cool to see that happen. And it inspires me to do the same way, you know, to just seek out those relationships and supply them with the relationships they need to grow.
2: Absolutely. Well, speaking to the larger church family, how would you encourage others in this congregation to seek out opportunities for growing closer to God through relationship? How do you think that you could encourage them and push them to do that?
3: Um, I always try and pay attention and really just focus on the relationships that I feel like sharpen me. You know, those are the most important relationships to keep, and those are the most important ones to pay attention to. And so whenever I go around, I I just try and look for people who really sharpen me, and maybe I can sharpen them as well, but, you know, you never know.
1: (laughs) Oh, you definitely do. It's been really fun watching Ethan this summer. I got to meet him at church camp, and he got plugged in so quickly. Um, He also... I'm gonna brag on him for a second. Y'all saw him, he was playing the djembe, is that correct? Is that, yeah, the djembe drum. And he's never played it before. And then this, like he was practicing with the worship band and this Sunday he did awesome, but he's also done a good job of reaching out to the other students. And as, as we talk through these seven connections, as is, is Ethan or whichever other students come up and talk, I want you to think about which of these seven is yours. Um, is relationship the way that you connect with the Lord and how can you live that out? Thank you so much, Ethan. Um, though relationships are oh yeah yeah give a round of applause give a round of applause. <laughs> though our relationships are so so important, and it is a really good way to connect with the Lord. Um, for myself, it's very easy to get caught up in hearing the Lord's voice through other people. So much so to the point where I do not spend enough time in silence with Him. To the points where I I kind of distract myself with all the advice of, of good godly people. Where I don't take the time to just listen to God. Um, but Hannah's spiritual connection with the Lord is silence. And she taught us and did a wonderful job in class. And um we spent some silence that day when she taught class with the Lord and it did a lot from my heart. Um and we talked about that more on a retreat this weekend. But Hannah, tell us why is silence the way that you connect with the Lord?
4: Um, there's a lot of reasons I feel like silence is one of the ways I connect with the Lord. It- It brings about a brutal honesty in your relationship with the Lord. It makes it more personal. It makes you go deep. Because if you can't be honest with the Lord, how can you be honest with yourself and with other people? When you're doing things like service and you're going out and helping others. um, And also it's a challenge. I feel like in this day we are always busy. There's always something going on. There's always music playing or there's always a football game on or anything like that. And silence challenges you to really... um, like we talked about in our retreat, challenge the renewal of your mind and bring you back to the Lord and bring you back to this brutal honesty of where you're at with your relationship with him.
2: Absolutely. That's awesome. So what are ways that you really live this out? Like how do you personally seek out time to find silence, and where do you find that that shows up the most in your life?
4: Um, Well, in the Gospels, it talks about how um, Jesus, before a lot of significant events, um, he was silent, and he went away, and he went up on mountains, and he was out in nature, and silent and alone with the Lord, and even though he was one with the Lord, he still needed this time, and so one thing for me is I like to be out in nature, so I like to go outside, and like sit in my Eno, and just spend time in the Word, or spend time praying, and that's probably one of the ways that I connect, is also through nature, but through silence with him, and outside, and just being alone, with myself. It helps you step out of the craziness and the hastiness and um, the tension of the world that we live in.
1: Yeah. And um, this verse, Psalm 4610, that says, be still and know that I am God. If you were encouraging our greater church body to be still and know that He is God, what would you? what would be the first advice that you would give them before they're going off to do that?
4: Well, to me, being in silence with the Lord is kind of like running a marathon. Um, you can't just go out and spend an hour in silence with the Lord. It's hard. It's going to take work. So start small. Like, you're running a marathon. You can't just go out and run 13 miles the first time you run. Well, if you can, shout out to you. But um, the first thing you have to do is start with, like, a small amount, five to ten minutes. Just go out and really focus on him. And it says in various places in the Bible, but specifically Deuteron- Deuteronomy 4:29, um, it says, "But if from there you seek the Lord your gar- God, you will find Him if you look for Him with all your heart and with all of your soul." So I encourage you, as you're spending this time, like a marathon, slowly increasing these numbers, going from five to 10 to 15 minutes, working your way up to an hour, working your way up to two hours. It says in the Bible that Jesus spent the entire night in prayers alone with God sometimes. Um, I encourage you to seek him with all of your heart, and that's when you will truly and purely find him.
1: Now, when you taught class, you gave one of the best quotes we've ever heard as a youth group. (laughs) Um, Can can you share that with us? (laughs) Um, (laughs) I said,
4: During silence, if you let him, Jesus will get into the conductor seat of your train of thought and drive it straight into Bible Town.
3: Thank
2: you, Hannah. Thank you so much, Hannah. Thank you. So, as Hannah said, another way that we can connect with God, and even sometimes through silence, is through nature. We find God's beauty in nature. And we see in the scriptures that it says that no one has any excuse but to know Christ because you see his footprint or his thumbprint or God's handiwork in all of the nature around us. And so we have Tyler Irvin, better known as TURV, to come up here and share with us a little bit about his connection with God and that being through nature. So Tyler, tell us, why is this your connection? Why is nature the way that you find God to be the most fulfilling thing and the most beautiful thing, especially since you have so many issues that happen through nature in your life of getting spider bites or getting random E. coli out of the water or whatever. But you know, how do you find that God, even through those little small bumps in the road, you still find him being able to connect with you and really open up your heart to speak to you?
5: Uh, Well, I started liking nature from like a young age, from Lion King. And I would just go outside and uh, act it out and so I've always been like a fan of animals and so I like first just started off going out trying to like find animals and stuff but then uh, I realized how beautiful like nature and everything was so I've I just go outside all the time and just hang out in nature.
1: Yeah. I love the Lion King reference. That was, that was pretty, pretty prime. Um, what is one of the ways for you specifically, uh, to really live that out when you are outside in nature? What is the ways that you feel like you're most connected with the Lord?
5: Uh, I go on with like my walks with God in the, uh, woods behind my house and I take my dog out there and I just go, I'll be out there for like anywhere from like 10 minutes to an hour. Just walking around, praising him for everything he's done, and just even though through all of like my uh, getting E. coli and stuff, uh, I've it, it's been a learning experience through all of it. So.
2: So, so how would you encourage this church body to really be intentional in finding times to connect with God in nature? Where maybe are specific places around town that you go and you experience him more closely, or what are specific things that you do while you're in nature that you feel God's presence the most?
5: Uh, Probably one of like the coolest places I've been was the Narrows of the Harpeth. There's like this rock at the top of this hill, and you look off, and you can just see for miles, and You can just see the river, like, winding through the hills and stuff. And uh, that's just, like, when I saw that, I just was, like, sitting there praising God for uh, just, like, letting me have that moment with Him.
1: Yeah, thank you. This verse that is on the screen right now is in Luke chapter 6. And what's so neat about this verse is it talks about she's going up on a mountainside, but then a few verses later we see that Jesus goes down and with his disciples is serving other people. And there's a lot of significance to being in nature alone and then to see what the Lord is going to do through you after that. And so Jack is going to talk to us about service. Um, and as you see, this is in Luke chapter six, just a few verses down. Uh, but what's really cool, I mean I'm excited that Jack's talking about service because I was able to serve alongside Jack on a mission trip. Um, and so I know that that's probably one of the things that came into play with service being yours and, some of you have had the opportunity to serve to Honduras or to Brazil or wherever it may be. And something about this body that is incredible is the amount of service and how intentional our mission trips are and is the students prioritize that as well, which is really fun to see. So Jack, um, why is service one of the ways that you connect with the Lord?
6: Um, I like service a lot because it doesn't require any specific skills or talents. Anyone can do it. It doesn't matter the time or the place. Um, And the way that I define service is um, just showing the love of God to people. And so it doesn't matter where you are. You could be at school, at work. It doesn't matter. uh, Just show the love of God to people, and you're serving others.
2: That's awesome. That's a beautiful way to look at it. And so what are ways that you find that God really pushes you to do service? Maybe this is through specific talents that you have, or maybe these are through specific moments that you've had in Nicaragua, but what are ways that you see God really pushing you to do service for his kingdom and speak his name?
6: Well, the easy example is in Nicaragua. Um, me and a few other guys and girl, uh, went to a a house. It was more of like a shack and a single mother and her four boys lived there and, um, they didn't really have a floor. And so we made up a bunch of cement and we put the cement, uh, to make a smooth surface so that, um, their child that had uh, several palsy, he was uh, very disabled, and he was getting bigger and bigger and older and older, and the mother couldn't really carry him around for very much longer. And so, because we surfaced out the, uh, the floor, he's, uh, she's now able to push him on, on a stroller. So, that was an easy way. And then, the first time I ever really experienced service was back when we lived in Detroit. Um, we went to a soup kitchen, and that was the first time that I really saw people in need and it just kind of opened up my eyes and I was like, wow, like even like 30 minutes away, there's people that really need us and God's love. So.
1: Well, in terms, of, in terms of being 30 minutes away, I mean, some of us don't have the opportunity necessarily to go to Nicaragua or to Honduras. Um, but for those people, maybe if there's not a week-long mission trip, how would you encourage them to use service to connect with the Lord?
6: Well, a verse I found was First um, Corinthians 10 31. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And so, no, you don't have to go to a third world country to serve people. There's people in our neighborhoods, in our schools, at our work that need help. And um, what I encourage us to do is, Patrick talks about it a lot, is just do the little things. Find the, find the things that people need help with and, uh, you know, just talk to people or Open a door for people, just simple things like that that we can do to show God's love. Awesome.
2: Thank you so much, Jack. And I think the beauty of this is we read this scripture right here that it's Jesus coming down from the mountainside, and these people are crowding all around him, and they're wanting to be healed, they're wanting to be touched, they're wanting to be moved in beautiful ways. But if we don't know God's scriptures, if we don't understand what he says in his word, then we may not know how best to serve their heart and serve their mind. And there's a scripture in James that says, you know, don't look at this scripture and read it and know it and then turn away and forget everything that you learned. Just like you don't look in the mirror and see your face and forget all the beauties or the flaws or the imperfections, but instead you look at it and you remember it and you learn it and you take it to heart and you put it to work. And so Lindsay's here today to tell us a little bit about how she connects to God through learning and through the knowledge of his word. And so, Lindsay, tell us a little bit about why learning is one of your spiritual connections with God.
7: Um, Learning is my spiritual connection with God because when I'm reading the Bible and memorizing scripture, it helps me to just, throughout the week, to connect with God and be meditating on what the scripture means when I have it in my heart and I can just recite it off the top of my head. And it just helps me focus on God during the middle of my week when it gets crazy and hectic and just helps me center my focus.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I've actually, I've been able to, it's been fun being a witness to this. Um, on Thursday afternoons, the high school students, there's, there's about 12 that come over every Thursday. It happens to be 12. That wasn't on purpose. It just happened to be that number. Um, come over every Thursday, and, and we're studying the Sermon on the Mount. And as we're studying it, we're memorizing it. And it is, it's hard, uh, but but we're doing it, and, and Lindsay is, blows us all away every single time. Um, she has so much of this sermon memorized, and it's amazing how even this weekend while we were on a retreat, any scripture we would read, we could connect to one of the Beatitudes or to the salt and the light, and we could make all these connections. And so in addition to um, just the Sermon on the Mount, but with scripture in general, what are, what are ways that you live out learning?
7: Um, it kind of started this summer when we had our theme verse, which is Hebrews 12.1. And that's kind of where I started to memorize scripture. And I just realized this summer that it was just always in my head and constantly playing. And I could just recite it off the top of my head any time I wanted to. And so when I just read a scripture and I like it, I can memorize it and have it in my heart so I can use it whenever I need it.
2: That's awesome. And something that's also been really cool about Lindsay and just knowing her for a few weeks is knowing her heart for bringing this learning to other people and bringing this knowledge to other people. And so much so that she started a Bible study with some of the sophomores to be able to open up the scriptures together with their group and get closer around God's word. And so, Lindsay, how would you encourage others to live out this learning connection with God and really grasp onto that to find him?
7: Um, I would encourage just like two simple steps. It's just First of all, open your Bible. Like That's the first easiest step, even if it's an app for your real Bible. And then secondly, you have to find something that you want to learn more about and what you want to know more about. And so, even though you're physically not in the Bible sometimes, when you're just during your week, you're always mentally there. And in Matthew 5, 7, and 8, it says, "'Ask and it will be given to you. "'Seek and you will find. "'Knock and it will be opened to you. "'For everyone who asks receives, "'and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. So as long as we have a purpose to pursue knowledge, we'll always have it
1: with us. Thank you so much, Lindsay. Um, We have, we've stressed memorizing scripture and that's something, something that we're working on, but something that we talk about as well is how if we memorize scripture, even if we have the whole Bible memorized, if we're not living it out and if we're not taking action by the things that we're learning then how are we gonna evangelize? How are we gonna bring more disciples to the Lord? Um, Knowing this is so important, but taking that next step of living it out is is action, which is one of the ways that we connect with the Lord. So Eddie Eubanks, um, if you know Ed, he's a fun, fun guy. If you don't know Ed, you are missing out because he is a fun, fun guy. Um, He lives out faith. I wanna tell a quick story. We were at Sonic. A lot of the time, but we were at Sonic last week and um, we were sitting around the table and there was a girl there and I guess she had gone to school with one of the students and they were talking and Ed said, hey, do you know Jesus? And at first I was like, oh my goodness, he just said that. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? And then I realized... What a testament to the Lord that his son is asking. If he doesn't know someone, he's going to ask you if you know Jesus. And if you say no, he's going to tell you who he is. And he's living it out, which is so fun. So, Ed, why is action the way that you connect with the Lord?
8: Um, I personally, I love action to connect with the Lord because it's not only, it's not only just talking to someone about, about Jesus and about God, but it's about, it's about being physically active. And you can, you can be in a constant communication with God and still and still have fun and be active. And so that's I really I love action. It's fun.
2: <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yes. If you if you know Ed, he's never still, he's never quiet, he's always moving, he's always jumping, he's always dancing, he's doing something. But what are specific ways that you find that you just feel God's presence overwhelming you in action and what are ways that you find yourself drawing back to and actions that you continue to do to find him and to connect with him.
8: Um yeah, that makes uh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh so uh I like to I like to talk to people and let them figure out who God is and let let them use me as a tool to figure out to who, who he is. And so and so I found this verse that Lauren found for me. Yeah. And it says it says Let them praise His name with dancing and make music to Him with tremble and harp. And so, it doesn't have to be physical action. It it, like it can be dancing, but you can just praise God and worship God and just be with Him. And that's that's how I'm drawn back to God.
1: Yeah, we have we have a lot of fun. Um, And whether we're we say a lot of the time that if if we're in Sunday Sunday morning big church and here with all of you or if we're playing ultimate, we can still have fun and it be for the Lord. Um, we don't have to be sitting and talking about Jesus to be serving Jesus and to living out an action for him. Um, but what would you encourage everyone else in our church body uh, to really live out connecting through the Lord through action?
8: Um, yeah, well, if, if you're one that likes, that likes physical activity and really likes to have fun, in a lot of different sports or exercise or whatever, that's, that's awesome. You can be in a constant communication with God and that's really a way that you can grow closer to him. And so if, if that's not your thing, then you can, you can spread his word just by talking to a random stranger about God and just letting them know Jesus, cause they don't. And if you're not talking to them, then they don't know and no one else is gonna tell them.
2: Awesome, thank you so much, Ed. Um, And something that's really cool and something that I know that the students know in their hearts and in their minds a lot is something that Lauren says to them all the time, which is everything is worship. And whether this be action or whether this be learning or service or quiet time or relationships, however it is, everything is worship. But there's also a special connection that we have through God and through Jesus and the Holy Spirit through the assembly of worship and the assembly of praise through worship. And something that Jesus says to the community is we're... Where there are two or more, there I am also. And I think that's a beauty that Cam Schrader understands with his connection to God through worship, even in this assembly in this church body. And so, Cam, tell us, why is worship the way that you feel like you connect, you connect to, the God, to God the most?
9: Um, well, obviously, worship is where I connect to God. Um, one of my favorite things is actually singing worship. And uh, where I really connect there is certain, like, lines— such as, uh, there is nothing worth more that could ever come close. You're our living hope. Um, like when we're singing and like, you know, maybe they're repeating that line over, that's when it drills into my head and it gets real. And that's when I feel God the most. And, uh, not only, uh, just singing, but anything we do for the glory of God, as, uh, Evan was talking about, um, whether we're playing ultimate or we're actually worshiping or we're helping people, uh, as I'm going to talk about later, uh, everything's for God and everything is worship for God.
1: It's been fun to see Cam in a worship setting. Um, there's moments, and some of you experience this as well, there's moments when you worship and you're connecting with the Lord, and then there's moments when you open your eyes and you see someone else in the room connecting with the Lord, and it just brings a joy to your heart. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? At church camp, and a lot of the times through worship with the students, there's moments where I, I kind of I open my eyes And I look around the room, and Cam is one of those people that just pours his heart and soul out to the Lord when we are singing songs. Um, And if you've, even if if you look over to the left side of the room, you might see that occasionally. Um, But it is, it's, it does something to your heart. Uh, when you see people worshiping, even, even physically with their bodies, when their eyes are closed or when their hands are raised, there's just a joy that the Lord gives us. And the students will know, and, and we experience that a lot of the time when we see Cam. And so, Cam, I know that you live out worship, but um, what are some maybe even other ways that you live out worship is to connect with the Lord?
9: Um, the main thing I try to do is, which obviously I'm not perfect. I don't always do it, but I'm trying to be intentional. Like uh, Romans 12.1, it says, and part of it says, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Uh, and it's after that, it says, like, for this is your uh, connection to the Lord. Um, that verse just really, you know, brings me in, Of anything I'm doing. I'm trying, if obviously I'm not all the time doing it, but I'm trying to be intentional of this is for God, and this isn't for myself, this isn't for anyone else, it's for God. and uh, And also, you know, in worship, I every time I have the opportunity to sing words that either mean a lot to me or other people or everyone, uh, give my all to everyone and, uh, yeah.
2: Awesome. So how do you think that you could encourage this church community to really seek out these opportunities to understand the words that they're worshiping with more or to just be more intentional in their praise to God?
9: Um, it's kind of the same. I was, you know, I didn't write much for question, uh, three, uh, be, you know, it's the same thing, everybody, try to be intentional, try to uh, think about what you're doing, uh, you know, think about it being for God, as Roman Tolls one, again, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, so uh, just try to live that out, and uh, do the best you can.
1: Thank you so much, Kim. Let's thank all of our students for being bold this morning. We have challenged them to say that once you know what your spiritual connection is with the Lord, to start finding ways to do that every day. So now we want to pass that challenge along to you. If you know that you connect to the Lord through silence, or if you know that you connect to the Lord through serving others, or maybe it's worship, or maybe it's action, connect to the Lord every day. Use one of those seven every single day. And we're here right here with you and we want to hold you accountable. Something that we say a lot is we want to care for each other's eternity more than we do each other's approval. And so if we're living this out and if, if I know that the be- best way Cam connects to the Lord is worship, then I say, Cam, have you had a chance to worship today? Or Ed, have you had a chance to go and dance today <laughs> or evangelize to someone? We need to help each other live this out, live out the ways that we connect to the Lord because that's church and that's community.